Um, I also want to greet everyone that is listening through Anchor, through Apple, all different platforms. We welcome you. God bless you. And um, I hope that you'll be able to receive what the Lord is going to pour out today and use me as a vessel of honor to pour through you guys today. So with that being said, I just want to ask how everyone's doing. Does anyone have any praise reports? Does anyone have any um, testimonies? I have a praise report. Okay, let's hear it. It's, um, it was, uh, I think, I'm not sure if it was, I can't remember the day that uh, you came over the house and I was in my room and uh, you said, I do I need, no, you, you asked me, do you want me to pray for you? And I said, no. I said, no. Are you okay? And I said, yes, I'm okay. And then when you're walking out the door, of my room, I, the Holy Spirit told me, no, get, get him to pray for you. Because I was, and so I said, no, uh, Christian, can you pray for me? And then we came out in the living room, and I told you that I've been having problems with my um, my esophagus. I felt like I had a lump there, and when I eat, I um, the food wouldn't go down right, and I would get choked, even with water. And, and, and I was getting like a whole bunch of uh, muscle spasm in that area. So you, so I told you exactly where. So then you put your hand there and then you prayed for me and my husband too. And I felt when you, when you grab, like you were grabbing my skin and then you kind of, you said, I'm going to pull it, but I'm not going to pull your skin. I'm going to see if I can pull it out just by with your hand, but not, you weren't touching my skin. You weren't like, you're like uh, you didn't pull my skin. So you just said, I'm going to pull it out. And I said, what? Because you said you saw something, a, a black uh, something. I can't remember what it was, but it was black in that area. So I said, okay. And as soon as you pulled it out with your hand, I felt something come out of my, my, my neck and go to my left shoulder and all the way down to my arm. And I've been healed ever since. Amen. Glory to God. And I, I don't know what, it, I know there was a lump there and I could feel it. It was hard and I would get like, you know, fear. But then I said, you know, I can't, I can't focus on it. But it was, it was getting worse. Wow. I'm glad the Holy Spirit told me to tell you to pray for me. And God, through God, with your help, you healed me. Amen. Glory to Jesus. He's Amen. the one, he's the one that makes all things new he heals the he, he heals he's our healer right like he heals the blind eyes and, and they have, now people can see right he opens up the deaf ears he yes. laid hands on the sick and they shall recover and that yeah. that's what our job is to do is to imitate him in every aspect of our life so thank you for sharing that that was amazing so i remember when i prayed for you i yeah. grabbed these two fingers and I put on her neck like this mm-hmm. and I imagine there was like this black type of ball in her throat and I knew it was demonic I knew it was it's not of God God did not give that to her God did not give her something because she's strong and wants her to learn something no that's from the devil and we have authority to rebuke those spirits and all I did was I grab it and threw that away in Jesus name and that was it no more. 
healed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Does anyone else have anything to share? That the Lord has blessed them and did for them this past week. Any testimonies? I, well, if no one has anything to share, I have something to share. Um, just today, there was a lot. <laughs> I was able to pray for my service manager. I picked up my car from the dealership today and I had a word of knowledge about his shoulders. And it's what's crazy is that the Lord told me this a month ago to pray over him and I didn't. God is merciful and he's gracious and he gave me a second opportunity to meet up with him and he was by himself. So it was a perfect time. He told me that he was going into physical therapy and that they were charging him $75 every time to visit. And if you could, if you could mute, that'd be great, please. Thank you. Yeah. So the thing is, he had really bad shoulders because he's kind of hunched over and he's always, you know, um, typing on the keyboard and he has to text. And so his shoulders would always roll forward and he would have a lot of tension. He was seeing physical therapy and he kind of just said like, well, you know, I'm just going to have to deal with it. I just don't know what to do. And then I started sharing to him that healings for today. I told him, I said, Hey man, you're in the same cubicle that my Theo was in. Sergio, right? He worked there for 29 years, I believe. Right? And he was going to retire there. And I was telling him that he was on his deathbed. And he said that I'm going to see, I'm going to hug Jesus. And I told him that I said, healing is for today. I said, I've seen so many people healed by the blood of Jesus. I shared my testimony. We prayed for his shoulders. And I believe the Lord healed him because if the Lord reveals, he heals, right? And then also, I had this word of knowledge for the tow driver. He was towing my vehicle, and uh, I told him that he'd be great doing computers. He said, yeah, I was actually, I dropped out of Rio Salado. I was actually studying, I was studying coding for computers. I said, dude, you got to get back in there. And, you know, I was talking to him, not being weird, because it was funny. He said to me, I was like, yeah, you know, your job's probably interesting. You meet a lot of different people. He's like, yeah, you know, there's some weirdos. And then I thought to myself, I'm like, I'm probably going to be a weirdo. <laughs> I'm going to pray for him. But you know what? He accepted my prayer. I prayed that the Lord would reveal himself to him and that he would feel his purpose of doing coding to glorify him in whatever way that was. So that was awesome. But this is the last thing I want to share before we get into um to the topic today of our Bible study. A couple years ago, before my transformation, there was this young guy that stopped me because I was driving on campus and I was on my phone, on Snapchat. I wasn't going fast, but he said I was going fast. He waved me down and he's like, you need to watch what you're doing. I'm going to call your manager. What is your license plate number? Um, just like going off on me and this dude weighs like a buck 20 okay this is the closest time i ever been to the point where i was about to snap and just knock him out right i used to deal with a lot of anger until the lord transformed my heart and gave me a heart of compassion now and i was like you know what i'm just gonna lose my job 
it'll be okay. I'm just going to knock this dude out. It'll be fine. I got to the point where I started getting like, to seeing red, like I was just in fight mode. And, and I, and I, and I was like, you're trying to lose my, you're having me try to lose my job. You're having me try to lose my degree. And I was saying all this stuff to him. I was like, I was like, dude, I'm ready. Like, I thought it was such like a, a wussy move to like try to attack me when I'm at work because he would never do that to me if I was out in public. I weigh like a hundred pounds more than him. Anyways, I wasn't transformed. I wasn't changed. I didn't have this encounter with Jesus yet. So that's the last time I've seen him. And, you know, a couple of years go by and I would see him across campus, but never get close to him. Right. So today I went to my truck and I was grabbing the rest of my things to bring into my office. And this car pulls into the parking lot where my truck is at. And he pulls up to me with his windows down and says, hey, man, how, how do you get a parking permit? And I look in the car, I, I squatted down and it was the kid that I wanted to destroy I wanted to beat to a pole and I almost lost my job. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have worked at ASU. I would have lost my uh, tuition waiver to go to school and finish my degree. I would have lost my income. I would have lost all, all these things if I would have snapped. And right when he came up to me and I saw his face, this is what the Holy Spirit told me. Apologize to him. And I'm like, Lord, like I already, I already brought this up to you. I, I, I seek you in private and I, and I forgave him in private. He says, I know that. Apologize to him. So I started explaining to him, okay, you can get a permit this way and then you can get a permit this way. And we kind of got to the end of our discussion. I said, hey man, were you, that, were you that guy that stopped me? And he's like, oh yeah, in the van? Like he remembered me. I said, yeah. I said, hey man. I just want to say I apologize to you. I'm sorry for what I did and that was wrong and I should not have done it. And you know what, where I was at, I was living wickedly. I had full of anger and I was on drugs. But Jesus set me free and Jesus loves you. And I just want you to know that. And I said, God has given me the strength to apologize to you right now. And he, he looked at me like, like a blank stare in his face. He's like, well, I'm, I'm glad you got your life together. So I already know he doesn't know the Lord. He doesn't know my King. He doesn't know my Lord. He doesn't know my Savior. But God used me, a willing vessel, to apologize to him. Even though I'm forgiven. Because if you do not pursue peace and holiness with everyone, they will not see the Lord. That's in God's word. So with that being said, I said, hey, I said, thanks, man. I, I, I really, um, I'm thankful, too, that he changed my life. And I said, well, you have a good one, bro. And, I, and he's like, oh, you too. And then he just drove off. Oh. And it's amazing how God will radically change your heart. I would never do that in a million years. <laughs> but when God, when you let God say, here, God, you have my whole life, I surrender to you. He'll make you do things that you never would have thought you'd be able to do. He brings you to his knees, to your knees. Yeah. And the thing is, he shook me to my core. And now he had an experience with the Lord because he saw that, well, this dude would want to 
beat my brain, so now he's apologizing to me. And he didn't say sorry back. He didn't say anything. But I had to, I had to imitate the Lord Jesus everywhere I go. And he, I know that he had an encounter. And I know that the Holy Spirit's convicting his heart. Like, why would that guy say that to you, man, if God wasn't real? So I just want to share that with you because we all just need to let the Lord have our hearts. We all do. We're, we're trying to hold on to a life that's not even our own to begin with. And then we're holding on to a life that's leading down destruction. We're supposed to be walking into righteousness and truth and life. And he's the only way to the Father is Jesus. So that's what I want to share. Does anyone else have anything to share before we go into prayer and then we go on to um, what we're going to talk about today? Um, I have something to share. Okay, go for it. So um, to make a long story short, just like maybe today or even yesterday, I'm not sure which day, <clears throat> um, my like boldness and um, like my peace and like confidence has skyrocketed from not even kidding, like a two or three to like a nine, yeah. like just within these past couple days. And I know that's that's because of God, but. Yeah, that's kind of just like what I wanted to share. Lord Jesus, amazing. He is the Prince of Peace. And if you stay with him, he'll give you his peace, which surpasses all understanding that guards your heart and your mind in him. And you know why you're feeling that, Angelica? Um, Because your obedience brings presence. Your obedience to God brings the presence of God, and he will fulfill your heart. So that's amazing. Keep pressing in. Don't give up. Don't be discouraged. Just follow him, okay? Awesome. It's amazing. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. So I love hearing these testimonies because what it does, it glorifies God. It shows that way God is working in our lives, transforming us from the inside out healing the wounds that the world has damaged us. But now God has given us his whole armor, his identity, his authority, his His sacrificial blood that's wiped us clean. He's done it all. When he said it was finished on the cross, it is finished. And when we don't take what God has paid for, we have Jesus die in vain, right? Jesus' sufferings that he paid on that cross, he deserves his reward, and we're his reward. We're his reward when we step out, but also we're his reward when we transform into the image of him, right? And that's through the power of the Holy Spirit. So today, we are going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, one of my most favorite topics to talk about. But before we jump in, we're going to jump in to pray. Because it's because you guys don't want to hear what I have to say. You want to hear what the Lord has to say. Okay? So let's just all come to agreement. As unity, um, you know, close your eyes, bow your heads. Let's come into agreement. Okay? <clears throat> 
Father God, we just come to you right now. We come boldly into your throne room of grace to obtain mercy and grace in a time of need and help. Lord, I, I ask that you would reveal yourself to each and every one that's listening in a, such a supernatural and a phenomenal way that they could never deny you, that they would be captivated by your presence, that they would be surrendered hearts and vessels willing to go and deny themselves and pick up their crosses and follow you. Also, Lord, I want to pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom today and revelation and the knowledge of him. That their eyes, Father, would be, that you would open their eyes to understanding and to be enlightened today. That they would, that they would know the hope of his calling for their lives. Also to know what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance and the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And every name that is named not only in this age but also that which is to come. Holy Spirit... We welcome you. Holy Spirit, that you have full range here. That, Father, they do not want to hear my voice, but they want to hear yours. So I just ask you to possess me and that you would flow through me life-giving water. That, Holy Spirit, you would fill my mouth with what to say. That I yield to you, Holy Spirit. And that you would, you would also touch their hearts because you're omnipresent. That you can be anywhere and at any time. So I pray that you would open their hearts to receive the word of God today, that you would use my mouth to speak the oracles of God today, that I would speak truth and life into their hearts. Lord God, that I would speak your word that is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing bone and marrow, separating soul and spirit today. Holy Spirit, have your way. I yield to you. Father, I also pray to today that these people that are listening online and, and on all different platforms, that they would surrender their gifts and talents that you've given them, that they would glorify you with every cell in their body for your kingdom to come here on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus, we just glorify you. We lift up your name. We magnify you. And Jesus, we are here to be at your feet and to drink from the cup of your hand and here at your and here just to rest in your peace right now. Father, I, I cancel the assignment of every demonic activity that's trying to distract people or trying to get people off focus. I just cancel the assignment right now in Jesus name. Father, they, they would have laser focus that they would have full attention on your word today. We just love you and ask you for all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Okay, guys. So we are going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Does anyone know what that is? Does anyone have any thoughts, any ideas, what that means? Anybody. 
Okay. Well, I'll be here to help teach today what that means. Okay. So I'm just going to give a really quick synopsis. So when we become born again, right, when we give our lives to Jesus, right, when he becomes our Lord and our Savior and our King, what happens is you go through a supernatural transformation. Now, your body's the same. Your soul is the same. Your mind, will, and emotions are the same. But what changes is your actual spirit. So when we receive Jesus as him dying for our sins, him raising from the dead on the third day, seated at the right hand of God, and has washed our slate clean, we receive God's spirit. We actually receive Jesus' spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. And he comes and makes his home inside of you. He dwells in you. You are now a temple for the Holy Spirit. Okay? That's when God says, when Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Because the Holy Spirit's not going anywhere. He's in here. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He's always ready to be manifested out to every person you encounter. Okay? So, when we become born again, we receive the Holy Spirit. All right? Now we're going to talk about water baptism, right? So, when you become born again, it's a requirement... It's not a recommendation. It's a requirement that you actually get baptized in water. Because what that does, it signifies you dying to yourself and being risen up with Christ, that resurrection power, right? So it's, it's, it's actually a symbolic reference to the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ. Does that make sense to everybody? It's to honor him for what he's done. Right. But it's also a sign that we are transferring from our old self, dying for our old self, and becoming a new creation with Christ. Okay? Remember, I'm going to read this real quick. Okay, John has been known as the Baptist, right? John the Baptist, everyone knows that when he baptized Jesus in the Jordan River, right? Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna read this to you guys. This is in this is Luke Luke chapter three, verse sixteen. Baptism set him apart from other prophets in the past and other other reformers in his own day. But even in terms of baptism, John says the Messiah exceeds him. Okay. Our word baptize is a trans is a transliteration of the Greek word baptizo, which means to dip, immerse, submerge, baptize. It's important to understand this basic meaning, regardless of our own church practices of baptism or how much water our church may use. John was baptizing in the Jordan River and probably assisted penitents by either dipping them into the water himself, or perhaps by assisting them to dip themselves. Jesus did not annual this form of water baptism, but continued it. 
having his own disciples, his own disciples baptize believers in his name. So I'm going to carry on right here. It says Acts chapter two, verse 38, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy spirit. Okay. So we kind of got that down, right? You guys can understand. Okay. Born again, experience water baptism. But now we are going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Do you know who baptizes you in the Holy Spirit? Can anyone answer or give me a good guess? Jesus. Oh, great, Chelsea. <laughs> she said Jesus does. That is correct. Jesus comes to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. Okay? This is not a water baptism. This is not being born again experience. This is a this is the third baptism we're talking about today. Okay? I know there's a lot of discrepancies. I know there's a lot of different denominations that don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but guess what? It's real. <laughs> It's 100% real. Okay? I have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Let me just tell you my story. Can I, can I share my story real quick? Okay. So, I was born again, right? When I, when, I, when I rededicated my life to the Lord, I was born again. I got water baptized. But I never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So a lot of people think like, oh, these are the holy rollers. And these are the people that speak in tongues. And these are the people that, you know, roll around on the ground getting shocked by the Holy Spirit. That is possible. And I've seen it happen. And it's true. From my experience, though, I was always skeptical about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. My dad is baptized in the Holy Spirit. My mom is baptizing the Holy Spirit. They never really taught me. They never really told me what it really was, but I know that they spoke in tongues. And I remember when I was a little kid at church, my mom would start speaking in tongues and I would copy her. And I'd be like, like the same stuff to copy her because I wanted um, um, I, I, I wanted to imitate her. I said, whoa, what is she doing? Like, she's speaking in a whole different language. I don't know what this is. So, you will come in a point in your life where you be, you will be like, okay, do I believe this or I don't? Do I believe God is a God of miracles and signs and wonders? Or I don't. Do I believe healing is for today? Or I don't. So, being a, a Christian that was young, when I rededicated my life to God, I'm like, God, I don't want... To have anything hindering me from receiving all of you. Not based off past experiences, experiences, not based on past religions, not based on ideology or theology of you. I want to know you for who you are through your word. So guess what? I started studying the baptism of the Holy Spirit for six weeks, guys. Six weeks. There was one day... I remember it was 2019 in October 31st at 7.30 p.m. 
I went to my office because the Lord, it was after the gym and the Lord wanted me to go back to my office and pray. This is what he told me too. He's like, I want you to pray that all these demonic forces would stop, that people would stop doing human sacrifices, animal sacrifices, baby sacrifices. Like the Lord want me to intercede and pray for that cancel assignment on the enemy. Because, you know, we know that Halloween is is a demonic day for Satan, right? I know some people don't think that or whatever. You bring that up to the Lord and he'll show you. So the thing is, I started praying in my office and I was in deep prayer, right? And I was in deep prayer. I'm like, okay, and I'm going in and boom, I felt something in my stomach bubbling up, coming out. And then boom, I started speaking in tongues. I started speaking in tongues. I didn't make it up. No one laid hands on me. But guess who touched me? Jesus. Because he baptizes you in the Holy Ghost and fire. And once I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit on 2019, October 31st, 7.30 p.m. at my conference table desk at work, my whole life changed. It was putting, let me just give you an example. It was going from like a V4 to a V8. It was putting a turbo up in my spirit, man. And I started, I started actually exercising the gifts of the spirit. I started getting words of knowledge for people. I started laying hands on sick and people were getting healed in Jesus name. I was speaking in tongues and I'm like, Lord, I feel something on me. And it's amazing. So the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for every believer. But you have to seek it. You have to do your research. And you're going to ask the Father what it says in God's word. He says, if if you ask me, sorry, help me, Holy Spirit. It was about Jesus talking about a father that gives an evil father that still gives good gifts to his son, right? Like what, so if you're, if you ask your father for water, would he give you poison, right? Or if, if you're, if you ask your father for some bread, would he give you a snake? I'm just trying to give you, I'm paraphrasing. I'm not saying it word for word, but God said, Am I not a good father that whatever you ask of me, wouldn't I give you more of the Holy Spirit, right? So that being said, there is more to this Christian life. You will not be able to fulfill God's will for your life if you are not yielded to the Holy Spirit, if you're not empowered by the Holy Spirit. Look at Jesus. Jesus is the son of God. Right, he was God in the flesh, the Son of Man. Got baptized in the Jordan River, and the Holy Spirit descended like a dove onto him. And guess what that Holy Spirit did? He led him straight into the desert to fast forty days and forty nights to be tempted by Satan. Now, a lot of Christians don't want to be in uncomfortable situations, but then you won't need the Comforter. The Holy Spirit is our helper, our advocate, our counselor, our comforter, right? Our teacher. The Holy Spirit's number one job 
is to have you transformed to the image of the son, Jesus. And I see a lot of churches that are dead. I love what Bill Johnson said. He says, religion is form without power. See, when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, it's form plus power. And that's what we receive when we receive the Holy Ghost. Okay? So we're going to talk about Acts chapter 2. So if you guys can turn to me, or turn, excuse me, to the word in Acts chapter 2, please. If you guys got your devices, if you guys got your your hard copy Bibles, whatever the case is, we're going to go through it. And... um, I know this is a hard topic. There's not a lot of preaching right now about the Holy Spirit, and it's and it breaks my heart because we cannot do this without the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't could not do it without the Holy Spirit. And you know, people will be like, "Well, that's blasphemy. He's the Son of God." Well, yeah, he is the Son of God, and he is the Son of Man, but he came down. As a bondservant, he came and was obedient to his father and was baptized with the Holy Spirit. They're all was baptized with the Holy Spirit. They're all three in one. God, the father, the son and the Holy Spirit. And they worked in unity together. And when Jesus left us, he said, it's better that I leave. Because God will send the helper. And if I don't leave, then he won't send the helper. See, the Holy Spirit's omnipresent. He can be any place, anytime, anywhere. And we're going to talk about that right now. <clears throat> okay, Acts chapter 2. Coming of the Holy Spirit. This is amazing. So, just to give you a brief thing, this is the day of Pentecost. This was the day of the harvest. It was the day of the first fruits. It was a celebration in the Jewish uh culture and religion um if i am not mistaken i believe this was 60 days after jesus rose into heaven okay so this is the day of pentecost and remember jesus told him to wait wait to go into jerusalem because god is going to fulfill his promise and that's when god sent the holy spirit okay Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to stop right there. So when the Lord, when you get baptized with the Holy Spirit, I have a mentor, his name is Pastor Carmen, and you guys have listened to him. And I asked him, I said, well, can you be filled with the Holy Spirit and not speak in tongues? And he told me no. He says... That is a number one sign that you are filled with the Holy Spirit is when you do speak in tongues. When I got baptized 
in my office. There was no one to coach me how to speak. I just started letting my mouth do what it needed to do. I let the, I yielded to the Holy Spirit and said, Holy Spirit, say what needs to come out of my mouth, right? And at first it didn't make sense. And it still doesn't make sense at times unless I ask the Holy Spirit to give me utterance. Help me understand what I'm saying because I don't know what I'm saying. And the thing is, once you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you can actually speak in tongues all day long. It's not when like this move of God and like when we're worshiping and we're praying. Like I can say it right now. See? And I can just speak in tongues whenever. And what I'm doing is I'm yielding to my Holy Spirit and letting him flow through me. It's direct communication from the Holy Spirit to the Father. He's speaking out mysteries, right? It says tongues as a fire. Not fire, but like fire. John Baptist foretold how spirit baptism would be accompanied by wind and fire. This may also be an illusion for the burning bush. That's pretty cool. Um, which was a symbol of the divine presence. This outward manifestation of the spirit coming was another sign of his power. I'm just going to read this to you guys. because I feel like you guys need it. We, we, we love to go in death because we, I don't want people leaving this podcast or Bible study confused. This is the initial fulfillment of Jesus's promise. In the interchangeable terms in each of these three references is common to Acts. See introduction to Acts, the Holy Spirit at work. The Old Testament expectation about the coming of the Spirit and the beginning of a new era is at last fulfilled. Other tongues here refers refers to spoken human languages unknown to the speakers, but known by others. A distinct practice of the spirit's fullness that evolved or evolved at some later point in the development of the church is that of speaking with unknown tongues of angels. That's amazing. Begin to speak indicates that they continued in the process. See Acts chapter 11, verse 15. Luke could be indicating that they had continued speaking for an extended time. More likely, however, he is indicating that this practice continued in their lives, just as he records the church's continuation of what Jesus began both to do and to teach. Okay, I'm going to stop right there because there's a lot we can go through, but we're going to we're gonna have to jump back to the verse from verse five. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, dev- devout men from every nation <clears throat> under heaven. And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, look, are not all these who speak Galians or Galatians? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? In Parthians, Medes, Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phygeria, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya, adjoining Kyrene, 
and visitors from Rome, both Jews and pro siltites Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. Now that's a miracle. So, so the day of Pentecost, in the upper room, there was 120 believers in Christ praying to God that they would receive his promise. They didn't actually know what they were about to receive. They just know what Jesus said. Wait 60 days, then go to Jerusalem, and God's going to fulfill his promise, and he's going to bring the helper. So what happened was, when they were praying in the upper room, they got filled with the Holy Spirit. So they got baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire. And they started speaking in tongues to all these different cultures and ethnicities that were in Jerusalem. So each one had an individual tongue that each individual group would understand. Like this guy was speaking tongues and it was an Egyptian. And one was like an Arab and one was in Mesopotamian and in Cappadocia and all these different ones. So tell me how amazing that miracle is that all the people are like, how is this possible? These are all Galatians. How can they speak all these languages from like 20 different countries? It's just amazing. Okay. Verse 12. So they were all amazed and perplexed saying to one another, Whatever could this mean? Others mocking and said, they are full of new wine. In Peter's sermon, but Peter standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, do you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. The third hour of the day was 9 a.m. It was 9 a.m. in the morning. Okay, So they were not drunk. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, and blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. I am so glad that Jesus saved me. I am amazed. And you know what? We are in those last days, guys. Amen. We are in the days with what he's proclaiming is, is, is the book of Revelation, right? That's what he's coming and he's prophesying this thousands of years before because we haven't even seen no tribulation or revelate or, or the book of Revelation yet, right? But a lot of people think we're going into those end times, those last days. But guess what, guys? God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy and young men shall see visions and old men shall dream dreams of dreams. So do not be fearful, but be so thankful and grateful that we get to live in this moment to glorify the king, that we get to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Now we get to be an identity and authority and co-labor with Christ. That's what we need to see in the body of Christ today. We need to stop being such weak Christians 
always tired, always in our flesh. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and move in the power of God's might. Come on. Can I get an amen? Amen. Come on. All right, verse 22. Men of Israel, here are the words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you, by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves also known him, being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands and have crucified and put him to death, whom God has raised up having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that that he should be held by it. For David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You make me full of joy in your presence. Come on. When Helga says, I feel so much peace. Because right there, you make me full of joy in your presence. It says the fullness of joy is in God's presence. Come on. Come on, guys. Verse 29. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both both dead and buried in his tomb, is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. He foreseeing this spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God has raised, has raised up, of which we all are witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into heavens, but he says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand, till I make your enemies your footstool. Come on. Therefore, let all the house of Israel now certainly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart, said to Peter. And the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? So now Peter came in the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the same Peter that denied Jesus three times. Do you remember that? But guess what? Peter wasn't born again. Jesus was still living. You can't be born again until Jesus was ascended into heaven and glorified. So... Peter received it all at once at the day of Pentecost, right? Born again. Actually, he, I take that back. He received the Holy Spirit when Jesus rose from the dead on that day. And he says, I give you the Holy Spirit. Take it and receive it. And blew on him. And, the Holy, and they received the Holy Spirit. But this Peter 
when he got baptized in the Holy Spirit, there is something that burns inside of you when you receive the Holy Spirit. I always say, Lord, kindle my fire. Kindle my flame. Help me to burn for you, Lord. Help me to burn bright in dark places. Right? And Peter became a whole different he became a new man once he received this power from the holy spirit he was able to start preaching the word and say hey you guys right here you guys are the one that crucified the king of glory the king of righteousness you crucified the messiah christ jesus the lord and now they're like oh my what like we did this what are we gonna do so now peter's gonna lead them to right here Verse 38, then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sin. And you are, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's amazing. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call I'm just going to lead a little bit more of this. We're going to dive into here. And with many other words. Okay, Holy Spirit. Hold on. Let me go back. Because he wants me to go back for something. I'm going to talk about wonderful wonderful works. It comes from the Greek word. Megalios. Megalios. It means conspicuous, magnificent, splendid, majestic, sublime, grand, beautiful, excellent, favorable. Used here, and then Luke chapter 1, verse 9, 49, excuse me, Luke chapter 1, verse 49, the amazed visitors at Pentecost heard the disciples in their own languages reciting the, the sublime greatness of God and his mighty deeds. Okay, we're going to go back. Verse 40, guys. Acts chapter 2, verse 40. And with many other words, he testified, exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. And those who godly received his, his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. Glory to God. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in breaking of bread and in prayers. Then the fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together, and all these things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among among all, as anyone had had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Now, guess what, guys? This this number, verse forty and verse forty six or forty seven, is the representation of how church is supposed to be. Now, I don't see churches like this. This is, these are the first churches, guys. These are the role models of what the church should look like. And I'm not saying the four walls. I'm talking about us. We are the body of Christ. We are the church. 
I don't see this. And you know what's lacking is discipleship and fellowship. This is what fellowship says. Fellowship is koinoia, sharing, unity, close association, partnership, participation, a society, a communion, a fellowship, contributely help the brotherhood. Compare coin, cenobite, and epicene. Kanoia or kanoinoia is a unity brought by the Holy Spirit. In Konoya, the individual shares in common an intimate bond of fellowship with the rest of the Christian society. Koinoya cements the believers to the Lord Jesus and to each other. Right here, fellowship. Koinoya, power of unity. The first detailed description of the early Christian, excuse me, of the early Christians is wonderfully revealing. The followers of Jesus who had been baptized by the Holy Spirit literally devoted themselves to communication and unity with God and with each other. In relationship to God, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, the word of God, and in prayer. In relationship to one another, they devoted themselves to fellowship and to breaking bread with one another. As the word wealth article on this passage states, the word Koinoia literally denotes a deep sense of spiritual unity or, or excuse me, of spiritual communion with the Lord and with each other. With the coming of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the priorities of the followers of Christ focus upon spiritual unity with their Lord and with their brothers and sisters in Christ within the church, the spiritual body of Christ. Every true Christian is a member of the body of Christ. And is related to Christ, to other believers as a member of that body. This is the essence of true spiritual unity, the unity of the spirit. Okay, I'm going to stop there because that's the end of the chapter. Does anyone have any questions so far? Does anyone need further explanation on what doesn't make sense? Okay. I guess everyone's getting it. That is good. Okay. Christian? Yes. You need to advise when you're speaking in tongues. Someone needs to interpret that because there's a lot of people that don't understand it. So when you stand up, I've had them stand up in church and speak in tongue, but then they had an interpreter that's saying what they're saying. Right. That's what God tells you to do that you don't do that unless there's somebody to interpret it to the others that don't understand it right but what i was showing you is that you can turn on the tongues and you can turn them off right but what i'm saying that also needs to be made aware that if you do they need to interpret that what you're saying so that people will understand right everybody's at a different level with their with their love for and their their works with god we're all infants as far as I'm concerned because I'm still learning that there's so much that I don't know that we're still like drinking milk is what he says with the new baby Christian and there'll be baby Christians out there that wouldn't understand a thing about that. 
Right. So you always need to advise that if anyone speaks, they need to have it interpreted. Right. And the thing is, too, this is what also the Lord has showed me. He's tired of Christians that are drinking milk that have been Christians for 40 years. He's putting them to get off the bench. He wants, them off the bench. he wants them to mature and grow. And he wants them to actually eat strong meat. Strong meat of the word. So we got to get rid of our pacifiers. We got to get rid of our binkies. We got to get rid of our milky sippy cups and start eating the word of God. There, right. I'm, I'm telling you this. How can God accelerate me in two years? Not knowing that thing about a thing and be where I'm at today. Because I because he's got a higher purpose for you and he does each one individual. We're all individuals and he works on each one at a different rate of speed. So you have to you have to understand that that's how come you've come so far because he's got a higher purpose for you in this world right now. That, that's actually not true, Cookies, because we're all anointed by the Holy right. Spirit and we all have right. individual assignments. And if right. you don't fulfill the will of God in your life, then you're sitting on the bench and you're and you have a greater purpose just as I have a greater purpose. If I oh, absolutely. you bring someone to Jesus. It's the same in God's kingdom. And this is what there's a there's a misrepresentation in the body of Christ right now. We think, oh, we got we need a rock star preacher. No, no, no. It says you become the image of God, that you walk in the light as he is in the light. That you no. take the Father everywhere you go. I agree. I agree totally with that. Yeah. You're supposed to show your love constantly for who you are and what you are and where you come. But like I say, there's certain things that people don't understand because he don't want you pushing them off either and then backing up and not coming all the way through. Right. We, I'm sure, have reached a lot of people because I've had people come up to me and ask me stuff and I didn't even know that they knew that I was reading the Bible and all the other stuff. Yeah. It's there. And when you do it, you feel it. Yeah, yeah. it's a true thing. And, you know, what what my what my goal is and what my heart cry is that the father has given me personally is discipleship i am here to disciple you guys to be like jesus i'm no one's hero jesus is my savior my king and my God. well that's not so because i think you are my hero and you'll always be my hero. well i appreciate that and i think well, <laughs> i'm saying i can't save anybody I, if you forget me, that's fine. But don't forget Jesus because you'll... Oh, no. No. That's not what I'm saying. No, I know. I'm just saying in general. No. No. I, I know who Jesus is and I know what he is. And I've been there a long time waiting. And not I'm one of those weak Christians that's sitting on the fence. It's just sitting there. Right. And I know that. So, and I'll be the first to admit that I'm weak and I need to be stronger. And it and with me, it'll take time, and I have to do it on my own speed. Right. And what I say, he's he's put you there because he wants you where he's got you, and he'll put me where he needs me because I ask him every day, you know, to do that. Right. And whether I listen to him or not, that's up to me. There's like that every one of us. It's all up to us individually how we're going to handle what we're going to handle. Right. And the thing. And I think we have fruit. And I. I'm sorry, honey. Go ahead. We have a free will, and we have choices to make to either surrender to Christ or not to. And I'm going to tell you this, and this was 
and actually a, a vision that this this man had. He was an atheist, and he died. Oh, and he just saw two ways. He saw a broad road, and he saw a narrow road, and then he oh, saw yeah. fence. He saw fence. He said there was only few that were on that narrow road, and it was light. Then the other side of the road that was broad and big, there was millions of people heading down. And then right. there were people on the fence. And this guy's atheist. He's, he doesn't believe in God anyway. And now he's having this supernatural experience of dying. So the atheist is looking and he's talking to the risen king, Jesus. And now he's like, oh, wait, Jesus is real now. And now he asked Jesus, he's like, what's that fence? And he's like, that fence actually belongs to Satan. That, that sit on the fence belong to Satan. So that's why I'm just, my, my heart, and I know everyone's in a different spot and a different faith, and I'm here to help. We're here to sharpen each other. We're here to disciple each other. But, I'm, but my, my end goal is to get people from drinking the milk of God to eating the word of God. That's that's what the Lord has put in my heart, and that's what that's I'm awesome. and I'm gonna obey, and I'm gonna do what He tells me to. And um, so, with that being said, if anyone has any questions about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm gonna read a little more, and then I'm gonna end it because what we're gonna do is this is the first segment of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to cover more and more. It's just so much to talk about in one sitting. So I broke it up into three weeks because I felt like the Lord told me to talk to them three weeks about this. And the end goal of this is that y'all will be baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire because that's what you need. And that's what the Lord wants. He wants to give you his power. He wants to consume you. He wants to you to be saturated and on fire for him. That's the only way you will please the Lord is being consumed with him. So I'm going to read this, the fire baptism, Luke chapter three, verse 16. Luke's gospel connects the baptism of the Holy spirit with the baptism of fire. John the Baptist says he will baptize you with the Holy spirit and with fire. His knowing fork is in hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire you either producing fruit and you have a harvest for the Lord or you're a withering branch and he throws you in the fire that's the words of Jesus this is not my opinion this is not what I think at all this is the Lord Jesus talking Jesus don't play. He don't play. If he gave his life for you, he wants your life in return. But it's far better that you give him your life because it is truly unremarkable what he'll do. It's amazing. And I've learned this personally. I get convicted on a daily basis. The Lord's like, "Uh uh-uh, you got to repent. You got to turn from that. And I'll do it. I'm, I'm quick. I'm quick to repent. Because you know what? I ain't going to be no withering branch no more. I was on the sideline for 26 years, guys. 26 years ain't doing nothing. 
that I was good with the Lord, living my life in the club, party. I was a withering branch. But Jesus had mercy and grace, and he saved me from that pit. And he gave me a new, a new life. And now I'm never going to go back. I'm looking forward, and I'm going to deny myself each and every day, pick up my cross and follow him. That's what he's called me to do. That's what he's actually called every believer to do. But we have the choice to follow him or not. The process of preparing grain involved threshing. So it means chopping down to the bottom of the root, right? Chopping it down. That is crushing, beating, or thrashing the grain heads in order to loosen the grain kernels from the surrounding stems and husks. And when knowing, using a kind of wooden pitchfork, a winnowing fork is to throw the threshed grain heads into the breeze so the lighter chaff will blow downwind and heavier grain kernels will fall back to the ground, separating the two. So there's a separation process. The floor would be cleared by threshing and then winnowing all the grain heads until the chaff and grain have been completely separated. The grain was then gathered into baskets and stored into the barn, but the remaining stems and husks piled together and set ablaze. All right, keep reading. Look with me at the couple of interesting words. The verb translated clear in the NIV or purge in the King James Version is Greek by takatharo, means to clean out, to cleanse thoroughly. The idea of the thoroughness and complete cleaning is contained in this compound verb. The second interesting word translated, the unquenchable, is Greek asbetos, a mineral supposed by the ancients to be inextinguishable when set on fire. John the Baptist, John the Baptist isn't talking about just regular fire here that would burn itself out when the chaff is consumed but kind of an eternal, unquenchable fire. So what is the fire baptism? There are three possibilities. The figure of purification of sin. As the Holy Spirit does his cleaning work in us as part of the process of sanctification, indeed the Spirit cleansing us in sometimes painful, but nothing in the context suggests that this is what John had in mind. The symbol of the tongues of fire that appeared over the heads of the 120 disciples in the upper in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, verse 3. This too is a stretch for John the Baptist. In the We do apologize, but the last 10 minutes got cut off of the Bible study and podcast session. We did set up an email address and it would be Maranatha Ministries Love at gmail.com. Please feel free to send us any praise reports, any prayer requests, or if you guys have any questions about any Bible study that we do have, please email us and let us know and we will get back to you. Again, thank you so much for being here and we love you guys and God bless.